Hello, Marvelites are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 629. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I am Angelique Rocher. What is up, Ryan Panagos? All the things, all the things, all the things. Busy, busy week. Wonderful stuff. You've got cool secret stuff that you're working on. We've got fun stuff happening all over Marvel because this is the official Marvel podcast where we get to talk about all the things happening this week in Marvel. Later on in the episode, we're talking to the one, the only, one of the greats, one of our faves, Torn Grunbeck, about carnage. About about what what are we talking about, Ryan? Carnage. So well done. Thanks. Mwah. Happy Marvel's Week. Happy Marvel's Week. Um, but for those of you who have been underneath the rock, Marvel Studios, the Marvels is out right now, only in theaters and For those of you who want to get geared up, the final trailer is now up on YouTube and all of the Marvel social channels. Earlier this week, we caught up with Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige during the Las Vegas special screening event for the Marvels. Here's what he had to say about bringing Carol Danvers, Monica Rambeau, and Kamala Khan together for the first time. You know, something I love about all the Marvel characters, and the Avengers in particular, is you team up a bunch of people that really have no business being together, together. And while these characters, Carol and Monica, have a history together, Kamala certainly is a huge fan of Carol, but has never met her before. And the circumstances right at the top of this movie that literally force them into contact one another is what is so fun and just sets the movie off right from the start. There have been a lot of rumors about new characters, a lot of hints at new characters. To me, the fun is in the title, is the Marvels, is seeing those three characters together, and then people will see what, uh, what they discover when they watch the film. We also caught up with the director of the Marvels, Nia DaCosta. Here's what she had to say about working with the actresses behind the titular heroes. It was great. I mean, one of my favorite things about directing is working with actors, and these three are not only amazing actors, but they're amazing people, so it actually just makes my job so much easier when I can walk on the set. Everyone's not only going to do an amazing job, but also care about the crew, care about each other, and, and, you know, make this experience really joyful. And as for the grand reprisal of one cat-actor, 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 cat-actor? Who's his reprisal in the film? It's pretty amazing. I mean... Goose is played by Nemo and Tango in the film, and I learned so much about cats. Spending so much time with, with Nemo and Tango and also the four kittens was really amazing. Um, you're going to get so much more Goose, and you're going to get so much more of her background and her future. No spoilers. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff in this, um, so do your best to avoid the spoilers, and please also be respectful of your other fellow Marvelites. Don't spoil them. It's really fun. Yeah. Like, this movie yeah. is so much fun. And, of course, I have to mention... Sometimes I shouldn't have to mention it, but I feel like I should. Stay through past the full credits, of course. There's there's some fun stuff. That being said, to commemorate such an incredible week, we got a lot of Marvel news um, about the Marvels, including higher, further, faster, Marvel Snap, new season announcement. That's mm-hmm. right, new cards that add some interesting moves, destruction, and power-buffing mechanics with the one, the only, Ms. Marvel, Gladiator, and Annihilus. Yes. And Martyr, also known as Phi Lavelle, just one of the best. We love Phi Lavelle here. Uh, She's super cool. Um, But there's also new locations in the Higher, Further, Faster season for Marvel Snap. The Noor Dimension adds a Jin card to your hand every time you play a card here, which then gives you plus two energy 
next turn. And then Tarnax 4 is another new location. So after you play a card here, transform it into another card of the same cost. Some really fun stuff happening this season. And also there's going to be a big Peach Momoko takeover of the shop, adding 22, yeah, 22 brand new variants. I'm so excited about these cards. I am also excited about Marvel Strike Force Assemble, the Marvels event, because again, we are celebrating all the things, the Marvels. So uh, Strike Commanders are needed for this important upcoming assignment. So you're going to be joining Ms. Marvel, Hard Light, Photon, and Captain Marvel on their important quest to stop a new cosmic threat because why else would you need these three baddies to come in? It's just going to be dope. Um, there are several missions. Uh, if you are familiar with Strike Force, you know there are certain rules that go with each one of the missions. Mission one's no restrictions. Two, you know, you've got either Ms. Marvel or Ms. Marvel Hard Light. And, you know, make sure you go check out for every single mission. There's a total of five. Um, you'll be able to go through and see the different restrictions and modifications that you can do and and on top of saving the whole universe like the whole universe uh you'll be rewarded with five red stars for both ms marvel and captain marvel as well as loads of gear so make sure you're ready for this assemble the marvels begins on november 9th that means it's already started it's already started right now it started yesterday at 1 p.m so Mm -hmm. like go check it out make sure you're getting those stars and just have loads of fun like I did on this week's Women of Marvel episode. <laughs> yes, uh, the Women of Marvel episode out this week has our wonderful host talking about the second of three Marvels, Monica Rambeau. So we've, of course, got you, Angelique, a Monica, I wouldn't even call you a super fan. I'm calling you a Monica expert. <gasps> yep, legit. Thank you, Ryan. And this week in Marvel co-host, uh, you join Ellie and Preeti to talk about why Monica is one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel universe. Like she could do all kinds of stuff, y'all. All you're gonna the hear things. all the things. You're gonna hear about it on Women of Marvel. We'll also hear from writer Eve Ewing, actress Tayona Paris, about how Monica maintains her humanity with the help of her family and community. This episode is out right now, and the first nine episodes of the season, alongside it, wherever you get your pods. This week, LEGO has revealed a brand new iconic Avengers tower set. This 5,201 piece set stands as the tallest LEGO brick built skyscraper ever made and also includes 31 LEGO figures. The most ever included in one LEGO set, including all the iconic characters from the Infinity Saga, as well as a Leviathan, the Quinjet, two Chitauri Flyers, plus an exclusive Lego minifigure of Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. The tower build also includes authentic action on every floor, all kinds of cool stuff. It stands more than 35.5 inches. That's just about three feet tall. It's wild. The model is filled to the roof with memorable scenes, an all-star cast of characters, and in addition, from November 24th through the 27th, LEGO Insiders members will receive a free LEGO Marvel taxi set, which includes an iconic New York yellow taxi and four minifigures, including Black Panther, a taxi driver, and two Outriders when they purchase the LEGO Marvel Avengers Tower. 
You want to get your hands on the Lego Marvel Avengers Tower Set? It's available starting November 24th in Lego stores and at lego.com slash Avengers-Tower. Earlier this week, fans got a glimpse of the brand new cover for Cosplay the Marvel Way, a guide to costuming culture and crafting basics. And it's so cool. Like, I, there's such an art to cosplay and the way everything comes in. Uh, but Cosplay the Marvel Way is a guide to costuming culture and crafting basics in an officially licensed guide to learning about and creating Marvel cosplay. What I love is that it is also written by the co-creator of the Women of Marvel podcast, also a dope and a very experienced cosplayer, Judy Stevens. Make sure you head over to marvel.com to peep the cover and be sure to pre-order it and get your copy today because I know Judy. Judy is going to be talking to all the big hitters and bringing in all the dope information um uh, the book is actually available june 18th wherever books are sold this week we're talking about a new episode of marvel move the running audio storytelling fitness app experience uh we've got episode 12 of thor and loki trials of the 10 realms uh this one is called the tower of great light because you are joining thor and loki and teaming up with eden of uh the vanier you're in vanaheim um you doing being an awesome awesome character she's super cool uh there's a very creepy episode where you're navigating through darkness and really cool sound design for monsters and uh, all the big problems plaguing the 10 realms i uh, hope you check this one out it is the story-based version of our 5k training story so very cool get marvel move on the zrx app downloadable on iOS and Android. Uh, All right, let's get to some comic stuff. We've got an announcement this week of Giant Size Fantastic Four number one featuring the goat, Namor. Woo! Namor in this book. Uh, So he is imprisoned, serving out his sentence as the disgraced king of Atlantis, but an ancient threat arises from the sea and we need some help from the Fantastic Four. This issue is going to be written by Fabian de Cieza and art Ooh. by Chris Lee. Uh, which All is right, be Fabian. Cool. Yeah. Love Fabe. Um, love to see him back doing some cool stuff for Marvel. Um, it also includes a reprint of Fantastic Four number 33, a very classic issue from the Lee Kirby era. Um, so you got some Atlantean stuff in there. This issue is coming February 2024. Uh, you can get some more details and information over on Marvel.com. Up next, I've got a very exciting announcement. And here to help me talk about it is writer Jay Haltham. That's right. You've got some exciting news to share with us about a particular new warrior making a return. What are you doing now? I am doing a four-issue Night Thrasher modern-day a mini series for the Marvels. I'm very excited to be to be bringing him back into the full fold. Oh my god! Okay, so I know, and you know, mm-hmm. and those of us who were there in the '90s know who is Night Thrasher, and in what's your history with the character look like? I mean, Night Thrasher is. <laughs> I mean, it's all right there, right? Rich family, parents dead, a father figure steps in and trains him up to be the ultimate fighter and then sends him out in the street to beat up gangs. But then, of course, it turns out that father figure is dirty uh, and actually killed his parents. And there's a lot there's a lot of drama here. Very 90s, very the real world, very, very 
uh, New yeah. Warriors, you know, I mean, which was literally a reality show. I mean, sadly, most importantly that they're remembered for is uh, they blew up Stanford, uh, killed a bunch of people, including all, almost all the New Warriors, though a bunch of them turned out to not be dead uh, and have come back since. And one of those that was dead and then kind of came back was our boy Night Thrasher, uh, brought back in the Contest of Champions. And honestly, that's sort of where I entered into it. Like, my 90s comics were all over the place, um, but I also play Marvel's Contest of Champions, and he's in that, and, like, it's really exciting, and he's really fun. Uh, and I got to, like, go back and read some of those New Warriors, which is all great. Oh, just 90s. Everyone's got pockets and guns and belts So many all over. pockets, so many belts, so <laughs> many skateboards. Yes. So much love. I At some point, there like, is a, a TV VJ yeah. that's announcing this new team. Oh, my God. And you've got all this, like, very MTV-esque vibe going on. Mm-hmm. And for the record, he also loved some sweet silhouette who, yeah. I will have to say, one of the baddest. Oh, man. Silhouette. One of the baddest superheroes. So bad. So awesome. And like, I'm super, super excited to get to work with her and with Night Thrasher. <gasps> um, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. What can fans come to expect in this new series? Are our bays back together again? Uh, I mean, they'll be, I- they're in the story together. Are they back together? We'll find out. So Night Thrasher actually hasn't had a solo series since the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, for you, you clearly love this character. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like now is the perfect time for Night Thrasher to make his return? I mean, in all of the ways. Like, one, obviously, there's a ton of 90s nostalgia floating around. It just feels like a dude on a skateboard is always going to be cool and it's fun. But I'm really coming at it from that place of what, I mean, I'm from the 90s and I, I have aged. And there's a lot in this that is about, like, what's your legacy? What have you left behind, you know? Especially because we haven't seen him for a while. So I was like, mm. we haven't seen him because he's been gone. He had to go on, like, a journey of self-discovery and, like, hung out other places for a while to, like, process that I was dead, then I wasn't dead. And then, like, what's the world like? So it's mostly about him coming home to, like, deal with the crap that he has not dealt with. So, I mean... He clearly was dealing with a lot of that before he died. You know, how does this iteration of the character different from what's come before? I'm taking the real, like, old gunfighter. I've laid it down. This ain't my fight anymore at the start of this. And then he comes back home because someone close to him has died. I'm going to spoil it now. It's not Silhouette. She's very much alive. Very much present. We were going to have a fight. Oh, no. I would Like, I love you, but that was going to be. No, never. Never even a thought. But, like, he comes back. He's got to face Silhouette again. He's got to face what Harlem has become since he's been gone because he was very based in Harlem. And, like, I will admit there's a lot of me as a guy who, like, left New York, moved out to L.A. and goes back and everything has changed, you know? And so taking that tack with him of, like, at the beginning of this, he's like, "I I think I'm done with all that. And then, yeah, wouldn't you know it? He gets sucked right back in. Talk to me a little bit about the new design. And does it involve a skateboard? There's always going to be a skateboard. But, you know, he's got his his Escrima battling sticks. And it just was like, let's streamline this armor. And I also wanted to, like, have an armor that uh, a new sort of mask for him that, like, showed some of his skin. Because a lot of this, 
you know, uh, you know me, you know how I roll. There's always, there's always going to be a little, let's respond to current events feature of this. Uh, and a lot of this is about like black Harlem and what it's like to be black and, you know, having, having superheroes who are clearly black, whether or not you know their identity, I think is a good thing in, in this day and age. And so wanting to make sure that that is part of his identity and part of what what is going on here, you know? What are you most excited for people to get to read in this new series? Oh, man. I'm excited for you to see all of it. I'm excited for you to read meet my new villain, um, a character oh, that yeah. we're calling the OG, uh, who is fun and fierce and may just lay a serious beat down on somebody. Because uh, every day nameless. looks like it's arms day. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh man, he is. I'm I'm looking at this design right now, and it's like every day is arms day. He is jacked. Uh, so I'm excited for y'all to get to meet him and see him in action, and excited for you to take this journey with Dwayne. It's like, I know it's cheesy and all, but this like journey of self discovery that he goes on. This this like facing his past, facing what he's run away from, and being like, all right, I have to actually deal with this and find another way. To like exist in the world. I'm excited for folks that get to see the series. Um, Night Thrasher number one of four is available February 14th, 2024. But before then, you can go to Marvel.com to find out some more cool stuff. Put it on your pull list. And also, you can check out some of Jay Holtham's other work on Marvel Unlimited. Also, 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 um, we've got to definitely tell y'all about the brand new arc of X-Men Unlimited, the Marvel Infinity comic series, because it features Firestar. To tie in to the fall of X, we get our favorite Angelica Jones uh, in it. uh, Firestar, she is in it deep, y'all. If you have not been paying attention, she is basically Agent Angelica Jones of Orcus doing a very deep undercover mission uh, for the one and only Jean Grey. So things are going really wild. You can see this unfolding in the pages of the main X-Men book, but now also in X-Men Unlimited. This is written by Steve Fox and Steve Orlando with art by Guillermo Sana. Of course, this storyline starts in X-Men Unlimited number 112 and only available on Marvel Unlimited right now. And if you want uh, some more cool stuff, maybe some uh some some final thoughts some look back some discussions about things how about marvel studios loki season two because episode six is out this week and y'all those final shots of this episode woof, living rent free in my head it's very exciting uh but i am not gonna spoil a ding dang thing for all of you I think it's going to be one of those series that you you've watched week to week to week and then now all at once Maybe you watch it again. See see how it all fits together. It is uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. All right. It's a new year. That means new MCU series. And that includes one we've all been waiting for. That's Marvel Studios Echo launching January 10th, 2024. You have not long to wait. Um, with a simultaneous launch on Disney Plus and Hulu, Echo kicks off the new year with all five episodes dropping at 
Launt. Maya Lopez, played by the incredibly talented Alakwa Cox, as she's pursued by Wilson Fisk, and played by the one, the only, Vincent D'Onofrio and his criminal empire. Uh, when the journey brings her home, she must confront her family and her legacy. There's going to be a lot of digging into Echo's heritage, her background, things she would know being raised by Wilson Fisk. Um, and again, all five episodes will stream on January 10th on both platforms, and they'll also be available on Hulu until April 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you mentioned, the trailer is now up on YouTube, over on Marvel.com, our social channels. There's a really cool brand new poster. So that is pretty neat. And one thing we learned about this was there was a story on Marvel.com, Angelique, that Marvel Studios Echo is also the first under the Marvel Spotlight banner. There's a great quote from Brad Winderbaum, who is the head of streaming for Marvel Studios. Um, He he said, uh, Marvel Spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded, character-driven stories to the screen, and in the case of Echo, focusing on street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. Just like comics fans don't need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy a Ghost Rider Spotlight comic, our audience doesn't need to have seen other Marvel series to understand What's happening in Maya's story? Of course, we have 85 uh, years of of comics publishing history here at Marvel. Spotlight, a wonderful, weird anthology comic book series introduced early in the 70s, in 1971. um, And it helped introduce characters such as Ghost Rider and Spider-Woman. So there's connectivity, but it is cool, fresh, new, all good things. All right, if you like What If and you like Venom, how about brand new announcement for what if venom coming this february it's a five-part series written by jeremy holt with art by jesus Hervaz. we of course know the story of eddie brock and the symbiote peter parker all that stuff but we'll get some different stories here this is a five-part series coming february 2024 speaking of comics mm-hmm. we got some comics Yes, new we comics. Have a lot this of week. comics. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm gonna just go ahead and shout out Gods Two. That's yes. it. I'm just gonna say that. Go Great. get it. It's not it you just I don't That's mm. the Angelique pick of the week. That's it. I love That's what that. I got. That's uh, got. It's it's great. I'm gonna give my three picks real quick. Marvel Unleashed number four made me cry on the Metro North on the way home when I was reading it last week. You're such a big softy. Angelique, you, you need to read this book, but also like... I know, I know. That's what I'm just ooh, saying. You're a big softie. Oh my gosh. Uh, written by Kyle Starks with art by Jesus Vervas, which we just talked about. It is fantastic. Read all four issues of that. Go to your local comic shop if you have not gotten those already. It is so good. Uh, also so good, Star Wars Darth Vader number 40. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. my yep. goodness. This yep. issue. Oh, it's Vader versus the Emperor. And like... It's the emperor being like, for real, bro? All right, let me show you how we do it. I just loved it. Greg Pak, uh, Raphael Ianco on the art. It is a beautiful, badass, scary, nasty book that is set in the Dark Droids crossover. It rules. It rules. And the ending? It's just tasty. Yeah. Uh, and then X-Men Red number 17 is my final pick, written by Al Ewing, art by Yildare Sinar. And uh, there's a two-page classic jack kirby style mixed media splash page that is it rules this is weird and fun and big mutant magic energy as uh there's a big war and apocalypse is back in the thick of things and storm is the greatest we know this but it just like reaffirms it 
Anyway, coming up, we are going to be joined by the one, the only, you say better than I do, Ryan. Torn Grunbeck. To talk about. Carnage. See how good that was? Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I will try to stop Ryan from destroying anything. Carnage. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, and I'm Ryan Panagos. And I'm Angelique Rocher. Yes, and it's time for some carnage. I mean, you're so good at that. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, are you hurting your Listening to death metal lyrics? since I was 12 years old. Um, oh. it, it's It's trained those uh, vocal vocal uh, ranges no, that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah um speaking of training uh we have an absolutely brilliant writer who's going to be coming on i i have loved tarn since reading about the valkyries yeah. And so when I heard that Torin Grumbeck was going to be writing Carnage I was like <laughs> But as you will hear in just a moment when you listen to this interview there is no one more equipped <laughs> to write Carnage than Torin uh but don't take my word for it let's check out that interview You have written a number of comics, right? And normally, you know, when I've seen your name, it is to do with Norse mythology. It is to do with Loki, Thor. And when I saw your name and next to it, it said Carnage. (laughs) It was kind of like, what? The, the thing is, the, the horrible thing is, everyone who has ever met me and spent time with me goes, oh, that checks out. Like, that's, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Which is horrible. And I, you and know I'm what? Like, it's okay. It's okay. Because yeah. you know what? Um, most people don't know I love vampires and werewolves and tarot cards. So it's totally fine. Everybody's got their something. But, you know, for folks who may have only, like, seen your work and your writing, it's kind of like, Huh. Well, the, the thing is, okay. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> what is horrifying though is like I've, I've written a bunch of Jane Foster now for Marvel, and Jane Foster is sort of the best of all of us. Yes. Right? She, she, yeah. She and and then she's got this beautiful fan base of people who are just like they they truly love and and respect the character. I I, I try so hard to make sure that they are happy. And yeah. I'm trying to sort of write something that will make sense in um like this is what Jane Foster, the heartful, lovely person, would do. It's not what I would have done. Um, and I find like writing Cletus Cassidy, it comes disturbingly easy to me. Like it's I don't know. He makes some good points is what I'm saying. Well, that's the interesting thing. So I kind of want to take a step back. Um, for folks who may be new to the Venom and Carnage, um, or like old, right? Because like there's a ve- there's a huge gap, right? Like you like okay, black suit, black suit is an alien, alien is a symbiote, symbiote gets passed on, and then Carnage comes into play, right? And Carnage finds their way to a psychopath, 
Yeah. To, like a, a serial killer who is at the time in prison uh, when when Carnage meets Cletus, Cletus Cassidy. And I think unlike, well, I, I think you can say that Venom and Eddie Brock uh, sort of belongs together in many ways. But oh, Venom... yeah, because like Eddie Brock is that type of dude, right? Like regardless, and, not, and we're not even, we're talking like original Eddie Brock, like Eddie Brock and Venom deserved each other. Yes, very much so. And when, when I think that uh, you, you see the symbols sort of pass to different people and it sort of works, but I think Carnage works best when um, they or it or whatever we, we call, like Carnage and Cletus are like one and it makes sense in a sort of horrible, lovely way. I, and I, and I want to take a step back because you're, this book is really taking it to the next level because I think Carnage and Cletus were one. And now Carnage is a whole different level. Yes. Car, Car, Carnage has, and I guess this actually does make sense when we talk about Norse mythology, he has God leveled up. Um, but I want, I want to take a step back, though, because you're really excited about this. Like, I hear it in your voice. Can <laughs> can you, like, tell tell me, one, how did this happen? What were your thoughts when you get offered this? And and, and why are you so excited? I, listen, I was writing Venom at the time, and, and Devin was, uh, we were talking about Carnage. And it's like, uh, would you be interested? Uh, and I thought about it for a little while, um, and I went back and I read all the 90s comics, the, like the 90s Cletus Cassidy nonsense comics. And I was like, yeah, I, I love this character. I truly, in, in like, I have no defense. I can't explain why. Like, we all, we're all problematic, right? Uh, and it's just... <laughs> It it's he's just so good and it's so raw and it feels, um, especially like in this world today, right now, when everything sort of is sort of falling to to pieces. In a, I don't even know. Um, but I it would when I started writing it, I was sort of surprised at how just easily it all came. Like it was just I'm I'm enjoying it to the point where um, I'm a little terrified. And usually when I, I write things. It, you know, when you write things, you, you have to get in the mood somehow and you have to, because every, every time you write anything, in your head it's perfect and whatever is on the page is so, it's always going to be like a shadow of whatever you had that was brilliant and fantastic in your head. Um, and it's always a pain. Well, at least to me, like I need to sort of, yeah, um, not with Carnage. Like I can just, I can sit down any, anywhere, anytime and write some pages of Carnage and I just, I'm enjoying every moment. There is a sort of horrible sense to Cletus Cassidy. And what's what's going on here is that Carnage for the past, uh, for, for, for a little while now, he's been um, uh, trying to, to level up, as you say. Um, he's trying to get rid of every weakness and see, like, how powerful could I get? And if I am all-powerful, would it make me a god? Um, but Cletus Cassidy wasn't, like, he wasn't necessarily in on the plan. Um, so Carnage is alone. He begins the story alone and is trying to figure out, so, so am I a god? What makes a god? And if I am a god, like, what kind of god am I? 
Um, and I'm not going to spoil how, but let's just say he finds his way back to Cletus. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> and Cletus takes on the responsibility of sort of figuring out what the scripture according to Carnage would be. I mean, does he take on the responsibility? I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I feel like Cletus doesn't have a say in any of this. Oh, n- no. But I mean, he's, he's not complaining. Like that's that's the thing. Like it is sort of. Um, I, I think they go at it with a delight and with joy. And they try to solve the problem and try to figure out like what what would they be and what would um, sort of the world today? What kind of god would they need? And I think what Cletus is trying to say that I am already your god. Like, look around mm. you. I am already your god. You just haven't... You, you're just tr- pretending otherwise, right? And in a world, like in the Marvel Universe, everyone knows that there are gods, right? Mm-hmm. So n- there wouldn't necessarily be a bunch of people who would try to exploit it, who would try to pretend to be gods. Um, and there is a certain... He's playing around with trying to figure out what it would take to get a proper following. Sort of the, the idea of... Um, belief and faith. Because if he just wanted to be a cult leader, he could be a cult leader, but he would have to be present and he wouldn't take any particular like faith in itself because people would see him as the miracle he is. I, I think we should mention that with our, um, our hero is Flash Thompson, um, who yeah. is... Yes, I love Flash. Um, who is so far the only one who sort of ca- caught on to the actual danger at hand. Um, and he's sort of following uh, the the internet and the social media and, and watching Carnage's influence in real time and see how people are interpreting um, his words, which is sort of what people are doing in religion in general, right? They they get scripture, they interpret it, and then they go out and do something. Um, and Cletus is toying and playing around with the mystery, with the pattern making, with trying to, to make people as interested as possible. Um, I mean, by the most horrible, horrible means possible. Um, but But still, there is a sort of... Is trying to to poke at the um, uh, the hysteria, the fact that it, like um, a televised murder will necessarily get more attention than like four hundred people dying quietly somewhere, right? Um, and is sort of trying to to point out the hypocr- hypocrisy in everyone that we sort of we keep seeing and we keep talking about, but we just we can't help ourselves when we get to sort of the spectacle of something. Uh, we keep biting. Um, and he is very much sort of just playing around with his food. Um, and there is, I, I think like we, we do see, um, we, we get a sense, uh, at least for a little bit, about the, um, the sort of the online people. And I'm personally exceptionally fascinated by these tiny online communities who will make up things as facts and and like big conspiracy theories or uh, what kind of vitamins you're supposed to take. Like it, it fascinates me how insular and these echo chambers have become. And it's I find it especially interesting in the spiritual 
sort of side of it when you have people preaching. Um, and I mean, particularly like young white people who would maybe usually have been a Christian, but now they're sort of out there trying to find some kind of spiritual something. Um, and I find it interesting to see, uh, like when I scroll through TikTok, just the level of nonsense. And I also see like, oh, we can we can use this. Well, and I think it's interesting because it is a very modernized look at what it would be to have a Cletus Cassidy in 2023, right? What does it look like when you are shifting based on society and culture? And I think it's interesting also because it's seamless, right? Like you... And y'all seem like a match made in heaven. Every panel, um, the level of like shock with 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 each thing. Like, how did your first like? Is just your first book together? Oh yeah, and and apparently he he emailed me and said, hey, if if possible, um, uh, you can let me loose on the action pages. You can just just write as loosely as you'd like. Um, and what I usually do is I, I'll write a full script, um, but I'll let the artists do whatever they want. Um, and with Pere, it was, I think like the second page. The first page is beautiful. The second page, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I had in my mind. So the scripts are pretty sparse. He just gets it. Um, and he sort of, he nails both the gore and the horror and the just awfulness of it all. But he also sort of nails the expressions that I think are exceptionally important in this. Um, and there are subtle things like Flash goes through, he's dealing with depression. He's dealing with a sort of specific kind of sadness that men, especially men uh, like Flash, wouldn't necessarily show. Um, and he communicates that kind of uh, gloominess with just, it's it's just every every panel is what exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think the only things we've changed, like we're going back and be like, hey, you need to change that. It was whenever we went one bridge too far. Like one, like you, we need to remove that intestine. Like we need to. I was, was going to say there, there were guts and insides of people that were strewn across like walls at that point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we do have at some point a brain is eaten from the skull and somehow we get away with it. Like, I don't know. And he makes Cletus a little hot in a way. Like you can't help but like him to like, and it's just, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so you've also worked a bit on Venom recently. What, what can you tell us about your most uh, recent run featuring, you know, Venom? Mm hmm. Well, we're doing. Um, oh, it's, it's we're having. I'm just. I'm having the best time. I can't. Like, it's just. It's so silly and and beautiful. Um, like we have Dylan at this point, who's Dylan Brock, who's Eddie's son, who was not supposed to bond with Venom, but did so anyway. Uh, Eddie is out somewhere, um, and Dylan doesn't know where he is. Um, but Dylan keeps getting dragged into um, sort of 
horribleness that he needs to deal with. Uh, mostly because like he he's got venom, so he's got the power to change something, and he's got the drive, and he's he's a young kid. Um, but also because he at this point, like what would he do? Who he's sort of neglected in the most horrible way, um, and. I think we, we we kind of rush past that sometimes just because he is um, he is venom and they are venom and they are together, but he's still just a kid, right? Um, but venom and Dylan is gathering up. Um, they they have a sort of inkling of something that will at some point like some approaching danger. Um, but in this specific arc where we get Venom with the new Black Widow symbiote, the Widow, um, and I mean, if we're back to brilliantly fun things to write. The, uh, because when we, we were sort of talking about how we can do, like give Black Widow a symbiote. And presumably, like when your symbiote is born and, and it sort of bonds with the first person, a lot of the person would sort of end up, it would be a symbiote, right? Um, and someone like a, a symbiote with access to all of Black Widow's sort of skills and memories and trauma and everything, um, but not necessarily like, but still sort of a newborn who, is trying to figure out who they are. It's a terrifying but very, very, very fun sort of prospect to, to play with. Um, so we are, she is, um, she is investigating a terrorist organization and Venom is dragged into it because he's one of the, um, Dylan is one of the suspects and Venom is sort of dragged into it as well. Um, and it's quite dark, but I would say it's sort of, it's a very fun venomy adventure. There's all that symbiote nonsense, which is sort of what I've found. Uh, you need, at some point when you write symbiotes, you need some goo punching other goo at some point. I love that phrase so much right now. The, the fact that you just literally said goo punching goo. Um, I mean, but it's real, but it's real. I, 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 I really, I'm, I'm trying my best, like, to not, like, spoil other things, but, like, this idea of, if I'm gonna goo, I'm gonna goo with you, is, <laughs> it's, it's real. Um, speaking about gooing together, uh, you know what goos together? Carnage and Venom, uh, they goo together like P, B, and J. Uh, oh, and you can true. thank our producer for that one. Uh, but can, can we, are we gonna get are we gonna get a crossover? Because I mean, I mean, I mean, it would be it would be natural that we would at some point possibly maybe. But I will say that we are absolutely like they are set in the same time in the same city. Uh, chances are that our carnage has some daddy issues like the rest of the symbiotes and it would be natural that he would be looking for Eddie. Oh my God. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of a preview and I am sure we're going to have you back on swim real soon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. You're excited and I hope people give it a chance just because it is sincerely the most fun thing I've ever done. And I, I just, I hope that that will translate well. Yeah. But thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been lovely. 
That was, of course, the wonderful Torun Grunbeck. Uh, Carnage number one releases next week. Oof, it and it is a doozy. Nasty, there nasty is, good stuff. There is, for lack of a better word, blood and carnage. <laughs> carnage. <laughs> All right. Uh, so while you're going to go put that on your poll list, it is time right now for Communities, a.k.a. This Week in Messages. So before we read all of those amazing answers you sent us, we also are working on a question for this week. So what we want to hear from y'all about relates to the big blockbuster video game Marvel Spider-Man 2, because next week we are doing a spoiler cast, which means... We will be talking to Brian Intahar, the game's director, and Bill Roseman from Marble Games, all about the games. We're going to get into secrets, going to get into total spoiler country. So be ready for that next week. With that in mind, what we want to know is simple. What's your favorite thing about Marvel Spider-Man 2? Your favorite character? Your favorite moment? Your favorite power? Your favorite mission? Whatever it is, what thing about Marvel Spider-Man 2 do you love the most? Um, for me, oh gosh, oh my god, there's so much. Um, you know, playing back and forth between Miles and Peter. Oh, the traversal. Oh, man, all the powers. Oh, oh there's some, some side missions, which we will be talking with Brian and Bill about next week. All right, I'll get more into it next week. So please, play the game. Get ready for that. But let us know your favorite Marvel Spider-Man 2 thing, whatever it is. You can tweet your answers using a hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Please make sure to tell us if it is okay to read Twim on the show. The question of the week last week was Who or what Who or what are you most excited to see in the Marvels? All right. So lots of great answers to that question. Again, is who or what are you most excited to see in the Marvels? Jill at right underscore writer underscore said, I'm really excited to see how Carol and Monica reconcile after all these years apart and the tension that's developed in the interim. Ooh, I love Ooh, You like tension. some family drama. R at ready to risk it all. Uh, so, so excited to see how Monica and Carol get to bond again over so much lost time. We'll probably get so emotional if they talk about Maria and reminisce over the time they had before. Oh, oh, my yeah. feelings. I know. Uh, Morganite cosplay at Morganite cosplay one said the return of Captain Marvel now that she has fully embraced who she is. And her powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super 7-5, at Super 7-5, I'm very excited to see one of my childhood favorites, Monica Rambeau, on the big screen. Also, digging the marvel inspired costume for Carol. And, of course, anytime with Kamala is a pure joy. Uh, Dakota and the fam also emailed us uh, to answer saying, the obvious answer is Amon Valani's big screen debut. Also wanted to say thank you to Dakota and family for sharing amazing Marvel family Halloween costumes. They were Spidey and his amazing friends versions of Ghost Spider, Green Goblin, and Spidey. We love to see it. Yeah, we do. Uh, but it's time for everybody. Go to the movies. Enjoy this fun, fun weekend because we're done here. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Jasmine Estrada, Isabel Robertson, Ryan Panagos, and Angelique Rochet. Our senior manager audio production and development is Brad Barton. 
Emily Godfrey is our production manager. Special thanks to all those Fleur kittens out there. That's my Fleur kitten sound. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Angelique. This is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs> <laughs>